Storm Bowling Products, the Bowler's Company presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight Podcast is Caitlin Johnson. Caitlin is a senior at Weber International University. Caitlin, it's Tim Berg and Coach K. Steve Klemkin here. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. All right, Caitlin. Well, you're the two-time Storm Collegiate Bowler of the Year, winning this award on your on your way out the door from Weber International University. What does it mean to win this award twice and then react to just the, the craziness of the uh, end of the bowling season for you guys on the college side of things? I, it means so much to me, honestly. Getting it my sophomore year was the first time in Weber history for any of the Weber bowlers to get it, and that's saying a lot with the people that were in the Weber program before me, uh, Verity, Daria, Diana, uh, Gary Falker. There's so many that you can name off, and uh, I was the first person to actually receive this award. And then not only do it once, but then the next year Matt Russo does it, and then I get to do it again, and uh, Tom Hankey with me this year. So it is absolutely amazing to see the success that is going on within the Weber program, and it just it means a lot um, getting to finish off the season as strong as I did at the Hoosier Classic individually and as a team making cuts again, we just, we had a really good season um, and I believe we would have had a better postseason. And so having that ending is, it's not the ending that we imagined, but for the way it ended, I couldn't ask for it to end a different way. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that Hoosier Classic because that's a tournament that's known to have some of the you know most demanding uh, lane conditions in all of college bowling. I mean, and Nick Hoagland does a, tr- a tremendous job putting that putting that on and coming up with some uh, some really demanding conditions. So, so what was the dif- different about that this year, and how were you able to you know sort of overcome that and and bowl so well in, in that one in- tournament in particular? Um, I, I really didn't go into the tournament with. Um any expectations lane-wise, um, the only expectation I had was I'm going to win this year. And I I said that all week long at Kegel. I was going around Kegel telling everyone, uh, JJ, Andro, Christus, I was, I was telling literally everyone that I was going to win this year at the Hoosier. And uh, that was the only expectation I had, just bowl the best that I could bowl. And um, I didn't think anything lane-wise. I, I know it's always tough. The averages really aren't that high typically at the Hoosier and this year. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what Nick did different, but it was extremely high scoring on both the men's and the women's side. Uh, Maddie Brandis bowled absolutely amazing. Uh, she's from Robert Morris. She bowled a uh, 242 average and she ended up winning and I had a 235 average. So it's mm. like, Okay, I mean, I averaged 235. I can't ask for much more than that. That was the highest average I ever had in college in one tournament. And I, I can't ask for much more than that. Uh, Maddie just bowled absolutely amazing the whole day. So um, that was a very interesting turn of events, especially bowling at night. Uh, the girls always bowl till midnight, 1 a.m. And we're always exhausted, and then we have to get up the next morning and do it all over again. 
but uh, that's one of my favorite tournaments of the year, and getting to bowl, getting to finish my collegiate career on that note was definitely, that was definitely good for me. So you, you were the runner-up there, but you still averaged 55 pins above the field. How do you, how, and you did that in other tournaments too. That's just an amazing number to look at. How do you, um, how does, how does that happen? I don't, I don't know. How did, you know, how, how can you put that into words? And what did you see that the other ladies out there weren't seeing? Um, I don't know. I, I really don't. I don't compare myself to others while bowling. Um, you know, I, I look at the kind of scoring pace, you know, okay, is it possible to get a double? Is it possible to have four in a row kind of thing? Um, but I really don't look at what others are doing. I look at my ball reaction and what I'm doing. Um, I base off my teammates a lot and just seeing what their ball reaction looks like because I know their games and their equipment just as well as they do. So um, I can really look at them to give me a look to see, all right, what's going on. And we started out really rough that first day. The first couple games were not very good for us. Uh, we were behind the pack by – a thousand pins almost going into the third game um we we shot 800 800 so you know it's not like we had a really good look and i was only shooting 2-0-2-10 the first couple games so uh that's whenever we realized okay the scores are high score pace is high we we got to turn something on here and we didn't look back from there and we're all shooting lights out from then on i don't think i shot a game under two 35 after that uh, for the next four. And then the team also was right there with me, shooting uh, probably averaging about 195 to 205 roughly uh, between the games. So uh, we were working our way up the leaderboard, um, just kind of doing our own thing, basing it off of the look. I ended up with about eight boards of mess room down lane later on in the day. Uh, I shot two I don't remember if it was 277 or 279. Um, and I had all the way from 7 to 12 down lane, roughly. Uh, mm. I could miss a little bit in and actually go Brooklyn. So it was pretty crazy the amount of miss room I ended up having. And the girls were able to read off of me and get close to pocket. Um, I, I just I couldn't miss. I was throwing my phantom, and we just lined up pretty good. And... I just kept doing my thing and made a good shot time and time again and made all my spares, which helped whenever I did leave spares. Um, (laughs) But uh, I just didn't look back. I had a goal, and that's what I wanted to achieve. Well, you know, that's one of the things that we've heard, too, as well. You said about not looking back and really not looking forward, too, and kind of staying in the moment. I think you, as far as Kegel, at least I know, has had some kind of a relationship with Dr. Dean Hinnitz, and he's talked about that. How much do you attribute uh, maybe uh, some of your uh, strengths in the, the mental game, or do you consider all your successes to be more either like physical game or strategy stuff? Um, I definitely contribute a lot to mental game. I've trained with Dr. Dean 14 times in wow. seven years. Mm-hmm. So um, this last time that I got to train with him right before sectionals was it's kind of heartbreaking. It was, uh, it was bittersweet because it's like, okay, new chapter. But, again, I, I don't know if I'll ever get to work with him again in a setting like that. Um, so it was it was kind of bittersweet for me. Um, but I, we shared a tear or two after, you know, we had the whole day together with the team. And I went up to him and I was like, I don't know when I'll see you next, but it's been a pleasure working with you. Uh, 
So 14 times working with him since I was, I think it was 14 the first time that I worked with him. And mm. he has completely shaped me mentally as a bowler. Um, no doubt about it. Between him, uh, the coaches at Kegel, you know, they, they share very similar ideology as he does. So mm -hmm. they really, they share the same thought process. And um, so, you know, even if Dr. Dean isn't there, they're still kind of on that Dr. Dean page as well. And so we've, uh, working with them has been what has made me the bowler that I am being able to, you know, stay in the moment, stay present, not let, you know, a bad break here or there get to me. Uh, I know I went on like a 10 pin rampage at the Hoosier and I was like, okay, I, I know my ball's not going through the pins the right way. What can I do to fix it? I never got frustrated. I never got mad at the situation. I was just focusing on, all right, how do I get my ball to go through the pins the right way without over adjusting? So really working with them has got me to the point where I can think like that and not let the moment become too much. So regarding mental game and everything you learned from Dr. Dean, how are you able to take some of that and put it in into life learning and using it for your life of what's going on now because there's a lot of uncertainties regarding bowling, regarding when things will get back to normal. And I'm sure there's some of the things Dr. Dean has told you, you have to be able to put into uh, back to relative terms and um, and controlling what mm -hmm. we control, I guess. But that's one thing I, I keep hearing is, um, is you know, bowlers are antsy to get out there and bowl again, but we don't know. It's an unknown right now. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I'm enjoying this time off. It's It's been a good break. Uh, I'm enjoying the moment, even though the moment isn't what I want the moment to be. Like, moment right now, I should be in Michigan bowling with my team. Um, but it that's not the reality of it. So I'm just enjoying the moment that is given. Um, I want everybody to be safe and I definitely want to be safe myself, my family. Um, spending time with my family has been great, even though I'm stuck in Texas and I'm not doing what I want to be doing in Florida with bowling and everything right now. Um, I'm still putting the mindset of staying in the moment and staying present. Uh, that's still, relevant in my everyday life uh, I use I use that no matter what um, I actually have a saying that it's not like a true tree fell through the house you know it's not like you have to uproot your whole life and move on um, I guess that's a story for another time as to why I use that reference but uh, mm -hmm. that is that is something that I use and have used for a long time and Dr. Dean's really really kind of set that into my brain you know I got the little Dr. Dean bug in my ear talking all the time like you can only control what you can control and you can control your reactions and your feelings and my feelings are well, it is what it is so I'm going to enjoy the time that I have with my family now and then whenever it's time to go it's time to go hey final thing I have for you Caitlin and you know we've talked about Dr. Dean as far as uh, being a great mental game coach but maybe just uh, any other comments uh, or any other thank yous for your other collegiate coaches there? We know Del Warren and Randy Stoughton and Ruben. There's such a great group of talented coaches. Anything else for them you wanted to share? Uh, yes, definitely. Um, the Randy, Ruben, Del, they've all been amazing to me for years. Uh, Del was my first coach eight years ago. been working with Randy for six and Ruben for four. So they've 
they've taken me under their wing and treated me like I'm a daughter to them. And it, it's amazing the amount of talented coaches that are there. Uh, Coach Alex as well and Coach Rick at Kegel. They're all great. Um, the Kegel Training Center is just amazing in general. Uh, even the training staff that we have at Weber and the people that we have at Weber that help on the other side of it, not the bowling side, but like the workout side and the logistics side of things. Um, they're amazing to work with, good people. Uh, and even other college coaches, you know, across the board, um, I'm, I've am i become good friends with a lot of college coaches, just seeing them at all the tournaments and stuff and get to talk to them and kind of, you know, hear their side of things and what they do with their teams. Um, they've supported me and been there for me, even though I'm not with their school. So it's been really amazing, the atmosphere that college has given me, and I went and trade it for the world. Caitlin, what's on the horizon for you moving forward? Um, as of right now, I am working with the athletic director at Weber, and I will be doing a GA program at Weber International uh, for the next year. Our master's program is only a 12-month program, so it will be done uh, after one school year, which is nice because I don't want to be in school much longer. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm working with him right now, focusing on that, and um, I would love to go on the PWBA tour, hoping that we have a tour. Um, if not this year, then definitely next year. Um, that's That's been a goal of mine since it came back in 2015, and I'm not going to let that one go. So um, if we end up having half a season or a late season, that will probably get in the way of schooling, so I won't be able to compete in very many events this year. But uh, definitely next year I will be looking forward to doing that and still continuing to bowl and stay in the sport no matter what. Yeah, you mentioned PWBA Tour. You know, uh, there are not many players uh, who have won the Collegiate Player of the Year uh, once, much less twice. And, you know, a couple of players that have won it twice have gone on to become, you know, PWBA champions like Jazz Real Tan and even the Hall of Famers, too, like a Kelly Kulik. What kind of expectations or goals do you set forth for yourself as you, you know, do kind of consider that when you're going up against the, you know, the, the, the most elite and really bowling at the highest level? No matter what I do, I always want to be the best me that I can be. So even competing against them, I've, I've bowled a few of the PWBA stops with the ladies, the best in the world, the U.S. Open, the Queens. Um, I've gotten to bowl against a lot of amazing Hall of Famers and head-on-head uh, -head competition. Um, and, you know, even even though I'm bowling them, I'm not really bowling them. So whenever I do go in to the tour, it'll be the same mindset of I am there to win no matter what, no matter who I'm bowling against, no matter who's there that week. No matter what playing conditions are, my goal is to be the best me that I can be, and my goal is to win. I, I don't like losing at all. So um, that is definitely something I have met, like mad respect for Kelly Kulik um, and Jasual Tan as well, Daria Kovalova. Um, but I still want to go out there and compete and be the best with them. So um, expectations definitely high. Um, I I want to become a PWBA titleist. I want to become rookie of the year, player of the year at some point. Um, so I have those high expectations, but 
have the goal set of I'm just going to be the best me that I can be at any given time. Caitlin Johnson, two-time, two-time, two-time 2020 Storm Collegiate Bowler of the Year. Thank you for being here today on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight Podcast. All the best of luck moving forward, and I'm sure we'll be catching you on the PWBA Tour soon once things are back up and running. Thank you so much.